Hey guys, this is Alexis. And this is Tremus. And you're listening to More, More Wine, Wine Please. Welcome back, everybody. We're here again with More Wine Please. Uh, we have a special guest with us today. Her name is Deanna Howell. She is a friend of the podcast. Hi. Just a friend, though. Mm. Typical. This is her podcast debut. Yeah. Um, I'm also. What are you? What's it called? What was I? PR? I'm PR for you people. You lost that title. Notice that you're not on the website. Well, I would like to be known. Fine. (laughs) What? Tell us, Deanna. What worked? did as a sounding board in our initial We Want to Have a Podcast. Yeah, a sounding board, a damn therapist. (laughs) You better put me in all them categories. (laughs) We decided we wanted to do a podcast. So we appreciate having her on. Yes. Um, She is also in the business of storytelling and journalism. I like storytelling. That's a good way to put it. So... What made you pour your glass? <laughs> what made me pour my glass was Black Panther. I saw the movie. I love the movie. And it was great. But more importantly, what I loved was the outpouring of support from people. Just, you know, black people and people of other races. And just the support that the movie has gotten. And it's just been so positive. And I think that it's important to have that type of positivity centered around something that has nothing but black excellence and like melanin magic in it you know and it's really given an opportunity to so many black actors and actresses you know there's so few roles in the industry I'm glad to see that they the cast was overwhelmingly black you know and it opens up a door for even more roles because I think they're going to incorporate Black Panther into the rest of the Marvel series yeah which is an absolutely great thing um, I love the movie, and I thought that you know it was really good. And I normally fall asleep on Marvel movies, like at a certain. Point. How do you all that noise? And I know, girl. Stuff. Let me tell you, there's this theater, and they got the best seats you have ever oh, yeah. been to. Your girl, life. you lay back. Where? I take my Belsa, shoes off. My old high school. You literally melt into that seat and go to sleep. Yeah. I wake up and be like, Darian, what happened to his eye? Like, I went to sleep. He had two <laughs> eyes. I woke up. This man has one eye. No idea what happens. He'd be like, you, you've been asleep for 45 minutes. Calm down. I'm like, oh. So, Wakanda forever, you know? Can I tell you what I think about Black Panther, the movie? Please. Oh, my God. <laughs> I agree with you. It was so important. Okay. But... Did I say but? It just sounds like there's a but coming. It really no, does. I just, I think it really is so important and so great that we're seeing all of this black representation. All of this has been echoed on social media, articles, mm-hmm. videos, everything, everywhere. But, but there's the but. But? Um, are we going to sit here and pretend that <laughs> this movie was like above and beyond in terms of a movie? <laughs> Like, let's look at the plot. Let's look at the storyline. Let's look at the creativity. Like, the technology and the sci-fi and the action and everything was cool. But at the end of the day, in my opinion, this was a superhero movie. You know what I mean? Do you watch Marvel movies normally? 
Not all the time. Okay, so if you watch, I think you know what it was significantly better than I think any other Marvel movie. Okay, so you can't like you have to take it for what it is. You know what I mean? Up against other Marvel movies, and the only reason I know this is because my boyfriend is a Marvel like geek, and he forces me to watch every single Marvel movie. So I know way too much about. Yeah, you know some of them are kind of. So if you, if you, You're exactly, right. If you <laughs> like, watch all Marvel movies, I guarantee you, you will come back and say this was a damn good movie. Like I thought, Wolverine was <laughs> because yeah, really like good. I, I know I couldn't. My favorite one is like Iron Man, The Avengers, which oh, I'm really excited yeah, yeah. about. I like X Men. Like, um, X Men's always good. Some of them are like really not that great. So what, the X Men or the Marvel? No, the Marvel movies. Oh. And I, and I think it was really good. And I liked the storyline. I thought it was good. You didn't like the storyline? The storyline was quite basic. There was a hero and a villain. Oh, shit. And yeah, but it was... <laughs> no, but it was, they, they did a creative spin on it. Isn't that... I, I feel like because they tapped something a little deeper about the uh, difference between, you know, people who... Like, I... Okay, so I do feel like there's a disconnect between people who feel like they are African and those who believe that they are black or, or just african-american you know this idea that like oh you know now everybody wants to be from africa you know like that really? i yeah. haven't heard anything about this yeah and so what the movie touches on is that divide between black people and it oh, being like, like michael b jordan being this person who like look i'm one of you i'm from my parents are from the motherland like we're one here and you left me hanging you know what i mean and you don't see me as equal to you and then yeah. This person being like, he's an outsider. No, 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 no. Even though you look like us, even though your ancestors came from where we come from, we are not the same. And I think that is a really big problem in the black community is this idea of like, I'm African, you're black. You know, I've always felt that way. So that's why I felt like the plot was thicker than it appeared on the surface. Like it really, you know. I mean, I do think there is a difference in culture. There's definitely a difference in culture, but, but the idea that we should be separated or that, you know, I've heard, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I've never, I wouldn't say never. I haven't experienced that personally to a full extent, but that, I, that, I missed that. That was over yeah. my head. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, you gotta look for like the little stuff like that. Yeah. The fact that there was a black woman lead that was interested in science and technology right amazing the fact that the black women in that movie didn't have on not one fake nail one hair extension one like anything they were completely natural you know what i mean like i thought that that was the first time that's ever really been done on such a mass scale and i thought it was amazing um, in other news, are you interested in this? Yeah. Okay. So here's how I set it up, okay? I'm going gonna, gonna to try and condense. Okay. So the high school I went to was Catholic, mostly white, in Cincinnati. And I played football. And on the team, they had a rule that hair must not be longer than the length of the helmet. And it had to be short cut. And as you know, I have dreadlocks. And in high school, I had started growing them with a number of other black people on the team. And so when it came time for training camp, they're making an announcement to the rules. Someone asked, so what, what about the hair? And what, what, what about dreads? And he's like, the head coach says, dreadlocks are okay. And that was the end of it. There was no debate, no discussion. But this was around the same time that a similar scenario was encountered by a woman named Chastity Jones. 
2009-2010 era. So Chastity Jones is a black woman living in Mobile, Alabama, who applied for a job with a claims company. She arrived in person for her interview and was selected for the job. Immediately after her interview, she went and met privately with a woman named Janine, the HR manager who was white. She had to discuss a reschedule of her lab test because of a conflict that she had. And as the meeting was ending, Janine asked Chastity, um, is your hair in dreadlocks? And Chastity said, Janine, yes, it is. And so Janine said, well, we cannot, in quotes, hire you with the dreadlocks. Chastity says, and I'm paraphrasing here. Well, I don't see what the problem is. And Janine says, quote, they tend to get messy, although I'm not saying yours are, but you know what I'm talking about. Janine goes on to tell Chastity about a male applicant who was forced to cut off his dress to get a job there. And Chastity basically said, I'm not chopping the locks, mom. Okay. <laughs> and so the HR person, Janine, looks at her and said, well, you can just go ahead and turn in that paperwork that we just had you fill out. Chastity basically said, okay, and left. So what happens next is important. The Equal Employment Opportunity Commission filed a case on her behalf. The main argument they used was based on the Civil Rights Act of 1964 under Title VII, which you all know probably by name. It prohibits the discrimination against employees on the basis of sex, race, color, national origin, and religion. And they filed a case on behalf of race. And there are two ways that you can do that. You can either file for disparate treatment or disparate impact. So disparate treatment means a person is intentionally discriminated against based on one of those characteristics, in this case, race. And disparate impact is something that is the overall policy that while it may seem neutral on its face, has an impact that discriminates against people of a certain color in this instance. So at this point, I'm thinking, well, you could have just said it was for religious reasons and nobody would have said nothing. But anyway, the point is that the EEOC had four main arguments that they tried to include. Basically to say that hairstyles can be included in part of a race because so far, blackness is not... Dreadlocks are not included in, in defining blackness. They shouldn't. You don't think it should be? That's exactly what the court said. I don't think it should be. But the main reason that the court said dismissed the claim of Chastity Jones that was filed on behalf, or that the EEOC filed on behalf of her, is because the plaintiff's lawyers conflated the definitions of disparate impact and disparate treatment. So a lot of it came down to arguing for the wrong, the wrong legal reason. They might have had a better chance arguing that this overall rule of no dreadlocks had an, a disparate impact on people of color rather than saying that this employer intentionally discriminated against this black person because she was black and because she had dreads. So my question to you is, do you think 
that people should be able to discriminate on who they hire based on hairstyles? No. I don't. Why? Because why should you be able to? I mean, because it's, it'll be a skewed law that will only discriminate against hairstyles that are seen as more ethnic or, um, you know, acceptable, if you will. Um, hairstyle, let me be very specific. Hairstyles, no. Hair color, yes. I do. I don't think that you should be... I don't think that you you can come to a job interview, say you want to be a receptionist, and dye your hair green. Okay, well then you need to I go don't. to college because I would love a pop red or something. Like I, 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 think, that that, I think that is a fair statement. I feel like that personally to me is fair and maybe because like my first high school job that's how like i worked at a restaurant and you could date this guy literally quit because he had blonde on the top but he had this cute little blonde taper cut and he had this cute little blonde on the top and they're like you gotta get rid of it he was like okay gotta get rid of it okay wrote him up didn't get rid of it finally he quit he moved on went to new york got you know hanged out with like models and stuff yeah i would love but, to find out where chastity is now yeah that's what i'm saying but, like but a hairstyle, like, no. Like, you can't be like, I don't like your dreads. Like, no, that's not fair. I feel like as long as you are clean, you know. So why can't people be clean with green hair? I don't think that... So wait, Deanna, you said earlier that you think that they should. Like, if a person has dreadlocks, a company should be able to say, you got to get rid of the dreads. No, I said I don't think dreadlocks should be considered as part of like a race thing. True. I mean, that's basically what they had to prove because they were arguing that it's racial discrimination. And the court basically said that, well, dreadlocks are not a characteristic of, of, of race. I mean, if you think how we think, of course it is. But you got Korean people doing dreadlocks like Caucasians doing dreadlocks. It's not really under a race anymore. And as far as the color goes, like I said, I why mean, can't a green-haired person be clean? You can't be clean. I'm not saying that the two are <laughs> have to be, be like, you can't have color and be clean. I'm just saying that it's up to, I think it's up to the employer to decide if they want um, to have a receptionist with rainbow-colored hair. Right, but if they have a I receptionist mean, with rainbow-colored hair... That means that, you know, they saw her come in, they saw her do the interview. What are they going to say they didn't hire her for? And she's more than qualified to do her job. So why Her rainbow colored hair. I think it's fair to tell someone you need to... I'm not saying, like, a hair color. Like, okay, so there are plenty of jobs where they say you have to have a natural hair color. Like, you can put blonde in your hair. You can put red, a natural red in your hair. You can dye... You can highlight your hair. But you can't have an unnatural color, like purple or, you know whatever like that I'm saying that I'm not saying it's right I'm saying it I would I feel like it's up to the employer to say whether that is a deal breaker for them as far as like hair color I just find it interesting no I'm just saying like if 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 you run a law firm on Wall Street and or something and and your clientele is based off of you know your job is based off of your clients and who you get and they're all stuffy old people (laughs) you know and they like a certain thing and I need to make my coin and you need to make your coin like it's just like people who say why do I have to dress up for work because you do 
put on a tie yeah. and get out there and go to work. Like, I don't want to hear it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Dye your hair back black. Like, do an undercut in purple. Like, like you so if you were in that situation, would you have chopped the locks? No, because I'm not saying a hairstyle. That's what I'm saying. A hairstyle and a hair color are different. Those are two different things. Those, okay. those are two different things. I just find it interesting as a person with dreads that potentially I could be discriminated against because I have dreadlocks legally. Like it's you okay. Could. You it's okay to do. Could. I wouldn't and be surprised. I don't think they would even necessarily have to tell me. No, they don't have to tell you. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. If, I don't know admit. if it hasn't happened already. I mean, I have a family member who admitted that when he or she hires people, he does not hire people with dreads. <laughs> Old school, very well, you know like, what? whatever. Do if I you agree with it? With dreads, no. You don't deserve me. All right, guys. So today we're going to talk about setbacks in your twenties. Yes, because um, all of us are in our twenties. Woo! Cheers to that. Going to be turning twenty-five this year. Yeah, this this is year, you got like a countdown of days, don't you? I do, but it's still <laughs> in twenty eighteen. So I don't know why you're trying to hurt my feelings. <laughs> Um, I brought you in here, offered you wine, and you're here already throwing shade. Cheers to your birthday, babe. Cheers. So, we, I think, came up with this topic because we're all, I think we can agree that we're in a very in-between space in our lives. Very rigorous. Right? Stage. You know, just like a a bit of a limbo period. And the more I talk to other friends, the more that they're like, yeah, like, I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know where I'm going. My life is not as expected, and this is crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's talk about it. Coming out of high school, I guess, is a good place to start. Where did you see yourself at 25 compared to where you are now? Honestly, I didn't even see myself in the industry that I'm in. Um, I really wanted to be... Well, that's not true, honestly. Okay, maybe the same industry, just not the type of work that I'm doing right now. I really want to be like an on-air host or an anchor. I, You know, like I love people. Everybody always asks me, like, you know, what's the best thing about your job? I like people, you know? I like to get to know other people. I like people to get to know me. Mm-hmm. Like I have that type of personality where I can kind of mesh personalities, I guess you would say, whatever. But yeah, like I just always, I, I cannot imagine being at a desk all day doing what like my mom does or something which is literally like finance and stuff like that like I can't have a nine to five at a desk all day so before we get too deep into everything how about we start by just having you explain to people who you are what you do just a little bit about yourself Deanna Howell so I work in a media outlet news preferably um (laughs) and I am a coordinator for a big media outlet and what I do is basically book people to go on different networks and I read over press releases. I'll um, coordinate crews that come into our office and we go from international to radio shows. So we book all abroad, like just everywhere. Um, And I also write press releases and I'll write you know say somebody gets hired that'll be in our blog you know Mm -hmm. new job to fill that'll be in our tumblr so I calculate things like that but yeah so it's I think it's pretty rewarding like we do like a list every month of like how many hits we surfaced a year or a month and stuff like that and you know it's like interviews that we do for other outlets gotcha 
and it's nice to see like a big number of how many interviews we've actually booked in one month this year happens to be 790 that's like a freaking lot like if you just imagine that in one month yeah in you guys one did. month a 700 in one time we hit like 850 mm-hmm. in a month but that's also calculating radio interviews and let me tell you it's really not that hard for radio interviews like a yeah, 10 to 15 sometimes it can be an hour and they'll need like a radio booth but usually like those are easy to book and stuff like that but yes that's what i'm doing and i saw myself on air that's so, where i am today i mean how does that make you feel in terms of where your sad. career is gonna go um well actually i think my career is headed in a good path we are very young and that's what i want people to know yeah we like none of us try i know you know you're all next but none of us have (laughs) none of us have hit 25 and that is that is literally like the mid to the 30s but still like that's young we are young and we can still i think we still have time to find our past like people usually don't get to where they want to get until 40s like if you do it under 40 maybe 38 39 but if you do it under that then i would call yourself freaking amazing like i think you've actually hit your mark yeah i think it's easy to forget how young we are or how we're basically um, babies in the world of working, really. I mean, if you think about it. Like, if you think about the fact that, you know, you can't retire until you're 65, like, you're 25 right now. That, that's, like, a uh, few, right. Like, yeah, that's, that's a few right. decades to get it right, you know? Yeah. And it's hard to remember that. And, like, even when I complain about work, my mom always says, you haven't earned the right to complain about work yet. Right? No. That's what she always says to me. She was like, when you work somewhere 30 years, 35 years, or whatever, then you can complain about work. But you don't get to say you hate your job or like you're, you don't want to go to work tomorrow. Like, what's and your you first just mindset working? when people tell you how long right. they've worked somewhere? Right. I'm, I'm just like, like nauseous. <laughs> You've been somewhere for 30 years. Like, how do you do that? It's the same walls, I can't the same say buildings, yeah. the same people. I can't do it. But I also think that it's uh, it's a sign of the times. I feel like this generation, and there's plenty of articles on this, that, like, millennials want to move around. They're going to be mobile. They're not going to stay at a job for long periods of time. We're very much, whereas before it was like you stay at a job, you get a job, your hope was to build with that company get a pension, get some type of, like, great retirement plan, and, like, that was what you did, you know? Now it's, like, Google today, Facebook tomorrow, Walmart yesterday. Like, there is no, like, oh, let's stay here and build my life off of that. And even in terms of industry, like, I saw an article on Facebook recently that was talking about 12 millennials who, or 12 people in their 20s who dealt with uh, career changes or setbacks, Mm -hmm. and there was someone who was a dancer who ended up becoming a writer and Mm -hmm. just a lot of different examples of people who switched career paths. And I recently had someone tell me, someone who's older, say, I don't think you can make a mistake before you're 30. Interesting. Career-wise. Because nothing, nothing that you do before you're 30 is going to be monumental in, in, in determining what the rest of your life yeah. It's going to be like. Yeah. So. That's a really good way to look at it. I actually really it's, like that. It's a very optimistic way to look about it. Look at it. But they but, have a point. Like, how but I still don't want to be messing up. Uh, right. It, but I guess I mean, like, you can't say, like, taking this job was a mistake. Like, t- taking one job opportunity over another or deciding to go with one career path over another is a mistake. 
until it really matters. Yeah. The idea is that there's so no, there's no dead end path before you turn 30. Right. So y'all saying anything before 30 <laughs> is fair game. Listen, like, I'm just relaying the information. Like a, a free spirit. Like, let's say. I think listen. there are plenty of people that are. When you yeah. talk to people, when you talk to some of these adults. about us. Not other no. people. Listen, when you talk to adults who seem like they have it all together, once you talk to them, it's like, I had no idea what I was doing in my life up until like five, ten years ago. And it always fascinates me. Right. That's all, you know, glory and golden. But do you want to be that? Like, come on, let's think about it. Like, do you honestly want to not know what you're doing until you're 30? For the people who have done that, you know, commend them. Kudos to them Mm -hmm. because they finally figured out what they want to do. But I'm not trying to be like that. I really. Think of who you are right now and who you were five years ago or 10 years ago. Yeah. Like. You've changed so much. Like, who's to say that you... I'm not t- I'm not saying go out here and if you want to be a doctor, you work at King of Diamonds. Like, eh, you're probably not like... King of Diamonds. Like, <laughs> maybe part-time, you, you maybe, I mean. Okay. You well, never maybe, know. Maybe some of us. But Look at Cardi know, B. Like, you know. She ain't no doctor. But <laughs> you never know. She, before you know, we're going to see Cardi B featured in a film. Bro, right. she was like, film. Right. She, she on like, everything, you know. She on both. Bro, she's in um, Amazon. She's on everything. With Madonna? Yeah, yeah so she'll I mean, be good. But cool. all I'm saying is, and you can't really say, like, you know, us in the age that we are now, look back 10 years, have you changed? 10 years ago, what were we? Like, toddler? Like, oh my God, you were 15. No, 10 well, years we ago were, was we were high young. school. We were very Yes, oh but God. I'm just saying, like. 10 years ago was your freshman year of high ago. school. Really? It's 2018, yeah. honey. What year did you graduate? 2011? Yeah. Oh, my God. Literally, it's, so, yeah. So, Trey, tell us a little bit about where you are in your career. Uh, before I go there, <laughs> I just wanted to wrap up with one final point. Sorry. Is that I was having a conversation with one of my best friends the other day uh, because, you know, it's related to my current situation, which I'll get into in a minute. But he just said, no one has it all figured out, no matter how old you are. That's very true. You know, totally everyone agree. is still living and learning, and mm-hmm. the sooner you figure that out, it's becomes much easier. However, I currently am unemployed. Uh, but you say that with a smile. Honestly, I've been telling people I'm. I feel a lot happier than I have in a long time. Yeah. Just because you get so caught up in trying to climb a ladder. And really, it's that's not what it should be about. It should really be about fulfillment in life. And we get caught up so much in what our career is going to be because, obviously, money is the bottom line. Like, you got to secure the bag. Money. Can we pin there? Money is... Is money always the motive? Absolutely. I guess. I don't think so. Because you, you, you wouldn't do it for free. But right, no, would but you would you work at a job that you don't like that's paying you six <clears> figures <throat> as opposed to a job that is paying you like, you know, 60, 70 K. This job that you hate is paying you six figures. Let's say, for example, Which are you agree with her, because if that wasn't the case, you would have taken six. He was a six figures job. Right away. I, listen, I'm saying I don't know. It depends. I could be unhappy with 50 K. Or. Probably a little happier with 30K. Mm -hmm. What would you do there? I've been at NBC for the past three years. When I was in journalism school, 
my passion was for storytelling, specifically visual storytelling. And the first job that I got out of college was actually an internship in which I was writing a lot. Great skills, great people, great foot in the door at NBC, which led to my next job where I ended up becoming the overnight editor on the weekends and working at the White House on the weekends and, and doing that. all kinds of things and that I never imagined job. that I would do. And so when you're making those gains, it automatically feels like you're doing the right thing. Like, oh, I must be on the right track. I got promoted to working on a show. Mm, and I spent a lot of time being intimidated by a lot of smart people in the room. If you don't love it the way that other people would die for it and crave it and wake up at three in the morning to work on it, then it's there's gonna be a, a, a difference in the output. And while my perspective may have been different, I may have had some things to add, um, I was very shy as a as a kid, you know? And I felt myself, you know, in college, very much grow out of that, regress back into that, that shell of just like the comfort of not saying anything. And so a year later, I did the job well, but I wasn't able to go above and beyond in a way that would allow me to stay. And so I've been unemployed for about two weeks. And, you know, I still have, I've made connections and to the extent that I could get hired as a, a daily hire with a different team uh, whenever they need help. But it really has been so vital and important in actually rediscovering the things that I'm truly passionate about. And being able to look at things with a neutral mindset rather than thinking about climb, 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 about, okay, what is actually going to make me happy? What, what do I enjoy? What is important to me? So especially as a journalist, it flows out into what you do, what you cover, what you write about, what you talk about. So I'm team no mistakes before 30 because... I'm unemployed and I've never been happier. Now, Trey and I are two very different people. I, <laughs> uh, right, so if you were I in my situation. I am on a contract position, a year-long position, and I'm reaching month, I'm in month seven of my 12-month contract. I am freaking out. I need something, I need it now, I can't take it, I don't like not knowing, I don't like the uncertainty. Um, I think that in the realm of journalism, there are people who are very creative and very, like, I feel like you, Trey, is very super creative and just, I am not a creative person, number one. And number two, I just, I, I there's a part of me that likes the business world. I don't want to be in the world of business. I tried it, I didn't like it, I didn't like corporate America, but there's a part of me that loves the idea of, like, stability um, knowing what's next. I envy my friends that went into law and, and you accounting. know, I mean? accounting and yeah. finance and social work because there's this clear ladder like you were talking about. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, you get a bachelor's degree. Okay, next step. Do I need a, uh, a master's? master's? Yes. yes. Need master's. <laughs> Checks. Master's. 
skits masters. Okay, do I need to do groundwork? Does groundwork. Two years of groundwork. Okay, do I need certificate? Get certificate. Like, they move through this very, like... And I would love to have that, this linear, like, you know... Here's where you are now, and here's how you get to where you want to be. Yeah, not that to say is not journalism. that they don't struggle, you know, not in those processes. You know what I mean? No, no, no. They absolutely struggle, but they already know what my next step is. You know right. what I mean? So I need some, like, okay, this is what you're going to do next, Alexis, because in two years after that, then you're going to be here. And if you're here, then that means you can do this. And if you can do this, then you can go this way. But if that doesn't work out, like, that's how my mind works, and I wish that it didn't i wish i could be more like free and like you know i just can't i really cannot do it but do you not like the fact that you can kind of like move around in this i love i also love the fact that it is fluid yeah like at the same time i do love that you aren't boxed in like mm -hmm. you know this is the only type of journalism you can do this is the only topic you can cover this is the only you can only be a producer like whatever it is you know i do love that about it do you feel like this is just kind of a um head in the clouds moment or how long do you feel before you'll start to be like "Uh uh-oh not when I run out of money, what do you mean? Try. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, I have a little bit of money so, saved up. Do but... you feel like you were mentally, you were kind of preparing for this? Like, did you kind of know in the back of your head that, like, I'm not going to take something right away? Absolutely not. It only it came down to. I just feel like you were listen. always prepared to, for this moment. Like you. This is honestly the last place I expected to be in. Um, I felt like my resume was strong. You <laughs> <laughs> felt I, like he was going to come out with a job. I had, you know, a lot of opportunities that just apparently were not meant to be. How do you push through those things, those setbacks in your career? How are you pushing through those Trace things? Trace Geek, you go first. Right, this has become about me. I'm sorry. Not really. We're all going to push. You, no, we're all going to go through it. can go first after she finishes her cheetah. I think you just have to set goals. I think that's really important and stay positive because when I'm sitting in my parents' basement at night, you know, trying to relax and enjoy myself, there's always something, there's that ambition in the back of my mind, like, okay, this is not the destination. Um, And I don't know that we'll ever get to that destination, but it becomes very clear in certain moments. And so, I think as long as you keep that hunger and really just work hard, um, make a plan, execute, and if it doesn't work out, regroup. That's essentially where I'm at right now. I'm regrouping. Deanna's eating Cheetos for the record. Yeah, that's the crunch noise. Oh my God, it's so loud like that, Morel. It's going to be very loud. It's going to be very loud. I'm sorry. So how, Deanna, Trey, I think that's great. Um, Deanna, how do you feel like you push through? I mean, the one thing that he said from his little speech was... (laughs) Speech? (laughs) Little? What? His? No. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely perseverance and positivity. Like, those are two... Oh, two Ps. That I would really... I would really recommend people do at that stage where they don't know what they are doing with their life. All I can do is think positive about my future and just kind of like pan it out on what I'm going to do 
like I said, like literally right now, we're so young, we're just building resumes, if you ask me. Unless you are in the position that you want to be in for like the rest of your life, you know? Kudos to you. You're 24 doing what you're supposed to do the rest of your life. We're not in that stage, and I think that's completely fine. I think we are building our resumes to get where we need to be. Alexis, any last thoughts? Yes. Um, for me, this is going to sound really corny, but I think, like, the biggest thing is just trusting the process and trusting God. Like, that is really what has, like, pushed me personally through, like, is this what I want to do? I think this is what I want to do. Leap of faith, leap of faith, leap of faith. No, like, no. Alexis, don't be playing. It doesn't, like... She, 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 I remember when I was, um, stuck after my job, and I was pissed because all these other jobs were coming through for other people. And she was like, Deanna... God didn't make it for you. I honestly I, I <laughs> believe that. Like, okay. I really do. I don't believe, I personally believe that anything that's for you is for you and nothing or no one can get in the way of it. Very agree. Like, if, if it doesn't work out, it wasn't supposed to work out for so you. So you don't think, okay, let's not get too existential. No, go ahead. The, the actions that you take are important in whether you become yeah, but Kathy if Lee you are, or you become... Nobody. Um, not nobody. <laughs> I mean, right. Nobody. But yes, I do. But I think that that goes back to trusting the process and list. Have you have to be able to listen to God to make sure the steps that you're taking are led by God and not just like you're doing what you want to do out here. Personally, for me, it has to be like okay, like really, really like forget all the other stuff, forget all the money, forget this, forget that. Is that what you want to do? Like so. Okay. So before I started working my first job in the news business. I worked um, for Kaiser, which is a large medical insurance and healthcare provider. And it was a great job. (laughs) It was a great job. Paid a decent amount of money. You know, much room for upward growth. It was great. It was awesome, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. But I was just not happy. And I could not see myself doing that for the rest of my life and so the time came for a position was opening up there and they were like do you want to apply to the job and I had to be real with myself and be like do you want to apply for this job and I didn't apply for the job and I knew that my time was coming up soon because I knew that they would be hiring someone and blah 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 so they hired someone a month passed it passed um they come to me they're like Alexis we found somebody to fill the position so you know we're going to have to terminate your job because you know, we can't have two of you guys. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, one somebody has to do the job. Yeah. And so I go home, and even though I knew that this was it was coming, I like get in my car and I'm on my, my way home and I'm just like crying. Like, what am I gonna do? I don't have another job lined up. I don't know what I'm gonna do. When am I gonna go? Like, am I stupid? That job had a great salary. Like, blah blah blah. Whatever, whatever. Yada yada yada. No idea what I was gonna do. I got down to like my last two weeks. I sent some emails. So a friend at the time referred me to a job within like my first last three or four days of leaving my past position. And I've been happy ever since. Yeah. But I had to be like, okay, is this what I want to do or not? Right. You know, like I had to make a decision. Right. And it wasn't clear when I didn't take the first job, what I was going to be doing, how I was going to get to this new job, what was going to happen, but it worked out. So I think it'll work out for you, Trey, for sure. I know that it will. You just gotta... We shall see. Persevere. The two Ps. Persevere. Um, Positivity. So we're gonna skip the other ones and just go straight to... What was the other one? I wanna do sex. Love life. 
Okay, that's fine. How we can do sex, right? Sex no, is not. We're not doing sex. Sex is, not sex is part of love. Yeah. No, no, sex no, no, no. Is, okay, how's your love life, Indiana? Drop. <laughs> Lie again. <laughs> You're 25 now. When you were 18, did you think that you'd be where you are right now as far as As far as love? Oh, absolutely. Hell no. Absolutely. <laughs> Listen, me and my uh, college friend group chat, we have a list. <clears throat> we have a bet, an ongoing bet of who is going to get married in what order. We did too, and that was me. Well, on my list, I put myself last. <laughs> However, I have been known to fall quickly. Okay. But if you had asked me at 18 where I would be at 25, even 30, I would have said single as hell. Really? Yes. I just, okay. Also, I think part of it has to do with me being a gay man. Yeah. You don't really see it. Relationships that work. Especially in this area. D.C. is the land of gay relationships where people move in after three months and file restraining orders after six. Wow. That's, I just made that up. Okay. Or if they are in relationships, they're all still living single lives. Where do you think you'll be at 35 with relationships? Probably still single. Really? Do you like ever want You know, I think about this and I think I could still be having fun at 30, 35, but I don't want to be, like Drake said, 70 and alone. So I think I need to find me a life partner. I just think you're content with what you are doing now because you don't know any different. Well, I do already feel myself starting to get bored with some of the routines. Yeah. You know, of going to the same places, seeing the same people, because eventually it all just becomes the same. Yeah. So... I would love to want to be with someone for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. But that's so... I, even If I were ever to be in a relationship, I would never want it to have that pretext. Like, we're in it for now, but we are all people who are evolving constantly. If in five years shit ain't working out, then it ain't working out, hon. You know, my deepest fear is, is that I'm 25. Like, I think that really is my problem. I have a set schedule for me. I was supposed to be married by like 27, 28. And then I wanted a baby before 30. But do you still feel that way in this moment? Do you really see yourself married? I, yes, I wish I Saying had a fiance right for now. for eternity. Really? At 28. Yeah, I'm a hopeless romantic. <laughs> I'm sorry. But Diana, you still you talking about lineups and backups? Because I don't got nobody. <laughs> what do you mean? If I am single, you damn right, I'm gonna have a lineup, a starting five. What you mean? Like, Would what you else not is there to do? Okay, so, okay. I don't have one. Okay, if you were in a relationship, okay, let's say like you've been in a relationship at this point. You let's say you start dating this person at 23, and you're about to turn 25 now. Would you be expecting? I'm going to pop the question. Yeah. Would you still be on that same timeline of like, I need to get married by 27? If I felt the way I did, how I felt about my ex, I would expect us to be engaged and planning a wedding now. Right now, you'd expect to be planning a wedding. 
Like when you were eighteen, well, you or you thought that you were going to be planning a wedding. By 25? 25. Nah, probably like 27. Like, like 27. I wanted to get married by 27, yeah. And then the path that I'm on, that's the only reason why I'm kind of glad, like, maybe I don't have a significant other. Because a significant other, no offense, Lex, is baggage low-key. <laughs> because it's like, what if you got this amazing job in another place? You got to pick up and move, and it's just like... Bye. Yeah, honestly. Just like we were just talking about. What? We were... You have to face, that's another decision. What is really going to make me happy? Mm-hmm. Is my job worth losing my lover? Is my lover worth I know. losing my job? And we're so young that we should be able to pick up and just go. Mm-hmm. And like, would you? Let's get into it, Alexis. Oh. <laughs> let's dig in the weeds. Let's mow the lawn. In our relationship. No names, no tea. Okay. But you have the dream job. Yeah. Where we want to put her. Let's put her in LA. No, where do you want to go? Yeah, I'll take Atlanta. Okay, I'll Atlanta, like Atlanta right? Okay, let's okay. Atlanta. But for media? Atlanta's too close. You going to San right. Francisco. Let's just... Atlanta's not too close. It is. It's like six hours. First I... of all, Atlanta is like ten hours away. For real? Driving. It is not on a plane. Oh, so y'all got plane money to just be flying, <laughs> flying, up and, flying up and down the coast to go mean, see each other every other weekend. Doesn't have to be every other weekend. Yes, it will. Okay, go on because <laughs> you see your man every go day. With, go on, with, no, I don't. Okay, we fine. Don't almost every day. every day. We see each other on the weekends, but go on. Go so that's on. three days, two days. Is two days? Just go on with your hypothetical. Move on, okay. honey. <laughs> So basically, you pick up and move to Atlanta because you have your dream job. Mm -hmm. Would that affect your relationship at all? Sure. I think that any long distance, and you would be crazy to think a long distance relationship isn't hard. But. What if it was London? Your dream job. If it was London. Your dream job. Well, I guess he'd have to come with. But he's not coming with, girl. He got a wife here. um, my boyfriend and I, when I first graduated college, I thought that I wanted to be on air and I was going to move to some far out land. And so we did talk about this and he was aware of what I, that's, that's what I wanted to do. And I was always upfront about it. I feel like you can't just, just drop a bombshell. Like, you know, yeah. you live in New York and you want to be a fashion designer and your boyfriend thinks you're living in New York for the rest of your life and you up and decide that you want to go move to LA like that's kind of blindsiding somebody yeah. but I think that you have to be upfront with your partner like hey I think I want to do journalism and that means that I have to go be in middle of nowhere Utah for a few years so you it know. sounds like your partner is one understanding and two like well, would he be willing to pack a so or would he be like he's in politics, so he needs to stay in DC, in DC for his career. I would never want him to move for me, and I would never want to move. I would never want him to not do something for in his career because of me, and vice versa, basically. That's it for this episode of More Wine. Please tune in in a couple weeks, and we'll have a special episode for you. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at More Wine Podcast. And check us out on our website, morewinepodcast.com. And be sure to give our guest, Diana Celeste, a follow. Yes, at the C-E-L-E-S-T-E underscore. That's Instagram. Thanks. And thanks for listening. See you soon.